All right, well, good morning. And I'll tell you, you guys doing well? Yeah, as well as possible. Glad. Yep, 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 yep. I'll just keep asking the questions. You just keep giving, yeah, those answers to you. Hey, you know what? Um, You know what I found out about the word church when I uh, began doing this study uh, and while preparing for this message? This is what I found out. I cannot type out the word church without misspelling it. I just cannot do it. I mean, I just was at my computer laughing every time I typed in church. And, you know, it's just, I'm serious. I just can't do it. And you know what it comes out as? Crutch. So, you know, I type it out and there it is, crutch, every single time. It's so bad that, you know, my spell check, now I just think the word church and the computer just types the correct spelling for me because it knows how bad I am. So... All I got to say is thank you, Jesus, for uh, spell check and at least Apple anyways. And so, but uh, good morning. Good morning. For those of you that are watching um, online, uh, glad that you could be joining us here. And for those of you who don't know me, I know we have some new people. My name is Rich and I'm the uh, family pastor uh, here at Linworth. So I was really encouraged when we decided to do uh, a series on the church, Ecclesia White Church. It's because I love talking about the church. And why do I love talking about the church? Because it has had such a dynamic impact on my life. And really, I can't imagine life without the church. The church has come to mean so much to Aaron and I in so many different ways. And I want you to understand uh, my perspective. It's not tied to the fact that I am a pastor. Um, I obviously have... Uh, well, not obviously, but I did, in case, go to church many years before uh, becoming a pastor. So long before I came a pastor, the church has impacted my life. And the most visible and, and visceral setting that this has taken place has been in actually small groups connected to a tangibly to a very, to a strong church. And for 38 plus years, uh, the amount of time that Aaron and I have been married, we just celebrated our 38th anniversary on Friday. And um, for that amount of time, um, I have been a part of a life group. We have been part of, of a life group, not just here at Linworth. And the people in our small groups in particular, they have been there uh, starting with before our marriage uh, to our marriage itself. They walked with us through a couple of very scary things in our lives. Uh, to the birth of our children, they've been there. Uh, to learning how to raise our children. Uh, to be an instrumental in helping my kids come to the Lord, uh, to the process of me selling my business, to becoming a pastor, and then helping me grow in my role as a pastor. Also to just helping us make a monumental decision in moving to Columbus, Ohio from Paradise, otherwise known as San Diego, for those of you who don't know. Although sometimes we do question their wisdom, uh, and uh, but just kidding. But those are just to name a few different things that uh, the body of Christ has meant to us. God has used each person and their unique gifts to build into Aaron and myself. And so the, the church, the body of Christ, they've been guardrails in our lives, sounding boards, correcting influences, examples. They have allowed us to stumble along the way and still love us. 
always pointing us to the one who declared that he would build this beautiful thing called the church and that nothing would overcome it. And we have watched the body of Christ operate in the power of the Holy Spirit, God using the special gifts that he's given each one of them to build his kingdom and to love his people, to love us and to help keep us walking with the Lord. And of course, it's not always been pretty. I know but both Pastor Chris and, and Pastor Nick pointed that out in their last two messages here. One pastor put it this way. Almost all of us who follow Jesus have our lives changed by a flawed body called the church that Jesus so passionately loves and calls his own. And so, yeah, the path, you know, it's been interesting. It's had some ruts. It's had some potholes. It's had some bruises. It's had some tragedies. Um, but it's been beautiful. It's been beautiful. And these friends, the body of Christ, they have allowed us to use the gifts that God has given us also to bless them and also to serve them. And so because of the church, the body of Christ expressed here in this local setting as we have learned, um, just like here at Linworth, we have learned how to do a lot of different things. We have learned how to love people. We've learned how to worship. We've learned how to study God's word. We've learned how to grieve and walk with people through highs and lows of their lives. We have learned how to pray. We've learned how to counsel. And it's in the context of the church that we have become more like Christ. That being the sanctification process God uses to help us become more like Jesus. And so that's my short personal testimony on why church. All of what I've described, it doesn't happen by ourselves individually. It happens because we are connected to the body of Christ. It's what God has designed to both sanctify us and to proclaim him to people and to bring people to Christ. Peter put it this way in 1 Peter 2.9. He says, but you are a chosen people, and that's a, that's a group of people, a royal priesthood, that's a group of people, a holy nation, once again, a group of people, God's special possession that you, being both individual and a group of people, may declare the pra that the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And so that's it. That is why, church, that's the end of my message. We're done. We'll take communion and you can go home. Do you like that? You better not say yes. <laughs> but of course, just kidding here. I, I do have a few more uh, minutes to expand on this. So let's go ahead and uh, pray before we go any further. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the church. What an amazing thing you did by growing the church, by creating the church, by sending your son Jesus to die on a cross, to be raised again, for him to proclaim that he would build his church knowing that when he was ascended into heaven, he could begin that process. And the Holy Spirit came and it filled a room and it baptized people. And there the church was birthed and began. And here we are this Sunday morning, enjoying the fruits of the body of Christ. Why church? So important. Thank you, God, for all that you do. And I pray that you help us understand just a little bit more 
of Y Church this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So uh, on your Bible app, of course, uh, uh, Nick talked about that. So there'll be um, some Bible references. A lot of them won't pop up on the screen. And, uh, but the main portion, are kind of our anchor verses, um, will also be in the app and on the screen. So in the first two weeks in our series, Ecclesia, Why Church? Uh, we answered some questions. So Pastor Chris, he asked these questions. He says, what is the church? Who is included in the church? Whose idea was the church? And he answered those. And then in Pastor Nick's message, he asked the question, why bother with church? And what he did is he gave us eight compelling reasons why we should be a part of the church. And so with that this morning, I wanted to ask, how is what Aaron and I experience and continue to experience able to happen? And I wanted us to kind of look under the hood, so to speak, on a few components of God's design for the church that mainly happens in the church, answering the question, why church? And so here's my hope. My hope is this, is that you come away with a, a renewed appetite on why the church exists, on how God will grow and use you as you make decisions to engage in his design for the church and with the people of the church. Hopefully, it'll show a compelling reason to why the church exists and why we need to be a part of it, especially expressed in the local body and the local context that we have here. So the components. So it began somewhere, right? I alluded to it in my prayer here, but you see, it all began when Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church and nothing's going to overcome it, paraphrased. And then lo and behold, he did it. And how did he do this? He created a new family. He created his family, the body of Christ, the gathered and called out ones, another definition for the ecclesia. If you remember from Pastor uh, Chris's message, he said that we were placed in or adopted into Jesus's family, God's family, by him. When we receive the gift of salvation, we become a part of the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, for by one spirit, Excuse me, for by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. So it's the baptizing work of the Holy Spirit which places the Christian within the body of Christ, the church, the called out ones, the ecclesia. Then also in Galatians chapter 3, 26 through 28, it says, So in Christ Jesus... You are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile nor slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. The church. It's the church. And then from there, God gave us some structure on how this was going to work. God kind of organized a way for the body of Christ to function and to carry out his mission. And so for this, what I want to do is I want to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. And chapter, Ephesians chapter 4 is like a treatise on, on the working of a church and, and components and, and how it works. And we're not going through the whole chapter, but we're uh, just going to touch on a couple of different things here. We're going to use verses 11 through 16 as, as our anchor verses, referring um, back to it several times in the message. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, read that. I'm going to start in verse 11. 
It says this, and he, that being Jesus, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried out by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way in him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. All right, so the first thing that we see here in verse 11 is that Jesus gave some specific spiritual gifts to people in the church whose primary mission is to uh, lead and to teach and to equip. And see, the Bible tells us that each person is gifted supernaturally, but some are, 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 some are gifted with the equipping gifts. Uh, and the idea there is that they are there to equip the saints to fulfill their function of working and building up the kingdom of God. And so in our context, we can think of our uh, pastors or teachers here. So let's go ahead and begin to, uh, to break this down a little bit. So he gave us these leaders, verse 12, to do what? To equip. To equip who? The saints. That's you. That's me. And so if you're a little bit new to the faith, um, the Bible calls uh, Christ followers saints. And so that's us. And in this process, you know, I, I, obviously I'm a pastor, but I function in both worlds. I, I function as a, a pastor and an equipper, but I also function in the body of Christ as a fellow saint of yours. And so I get to experience the same thing as you do. So to equip who? The saints, that's us. Uh, the Greek word for equipping is being katartizo, kartatizo. I probably murdered that word, but that's okay. You'll probably forget about it. But uh, the idea behind it is that the idea behind the word is that it's a proper outfitting for its function. In other words, it is to fit someone for a function, which means to equip, or in some cases to restore them in some manner to actually do something. So then verse 12 says, this happened to equip the saints for two different things. First was for the work of the ministry. So Jesus equips the saints to do the work of the ministry in the context of the body of Christ. That, once again, being all of us. And so he uses us, the church, the body of Christ, the ecclesia, to carry out his plans of reaching the world and building up the kingdom of God. And so if you notice this, as we look at this, there's a, a very particular word that I wanted to point out. He uses the word work here. And perhaps for us, it's, you know, it's a reminder that if you're involved in any type of ministry, um, that it's, it's not a game. There's a lot involved in it. It is work. And it includes using the gifts that God has given each of us to minister to one another, to love and to counsel, to listen, to pray, to uh, encourage, to evangelize, to serve, and to sacrifice. And of course, that takes time, doesn't it? It takes effort. It takes connecting with people. It takes emotion. 
And sometimes, quite frankly, it's, it's not convenient when you get a phone call um, from one of your friends in the church and it's late at night, but they're going through something uh, terrible and you just want to sleep. But, but as the body of Christ, you, 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 you whatever, you, maybe you meet with them, you talk with them, and you pray with them. So it means serving, once again, expressed in our local ecclesia. And that could mean, in our context, leaders, ushers, disciplers, prayer warriors, people on our setup team, worship team, evangelism, greeters, life group leaders, mentors, children's ministry, women's ministry, men's ministry, and it just goes on and on and on. That's your job. It's not just the pastors. See, we are the family God has chosen to minister to one another. That is the family that has surrounded Aaron and myself. That is the family that has surrounded you if you choose to engage in the body of Christ. And that is the family being the hands of Jesus in my broken life and in your broken life. And quite frankly, I am not who I am without the church. That many years pouring into me by you, by the body of Christ, has molded me, shaped me, and taught me, and made me into the man that I am today, a Christ follower. And that's why church, it doesn't happen without it. And if you're here this morning and you haven't experienced that, this, this family, you haven't been a part of a family, you can join that amazing, or this amazing family right now. You can do it right now. You can be adopted into God's family where all these things take place. And, and I just wanted to take time. If you're listening online and you're in the same place and, you know, maybe you've been on the outskirts of the church and maybe even here you've never really truly engaged and you really maybe don't feel a part of the family. Um, maybe you're, uh, you've prayed one time to receive Christ, but you weren't really sure if you meant it. Well, this morning, I just want to give you the opportunity to join God's family. So uh, if everybody, you close your eyes and just pray with me. And, um, and this is what you want. Um, just follow along in my prayer. Agree with it. It's, there, it's not a bunch of magic words or anything, but it's, it's, it's uh, just speaking to God, perhaps where your heart is. Oh, Father... I have been on the outskirts of your family. I don't even know if I'm really in this family. And I want to be in your family. Uh, Father, I just want to confess that to you. Say that I am sorry uh, for living my life my own way. I see that you have a beautiful thing called the church that I can be a, a part of, that you want me to become a part of. Thank you, God, that you made that possible by sending your son, Jesus Christ, to earth to die on a cross for my sins to take the punishment for me and to forgive me. And that he died on that cross and then he rose again. He conquered death. 
Lord, I want that in my life. I accept that sacrifice. I accept Jesus, you, as my Lord and Savior. I want to be a part of this family. Thank you for placing me uh, into it. This is my heart. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So whether you're, you're watching this or you're here, um, welcome to the family. Welcome to the family if that's you. So good to have you. Um, Thanksgiving dinner's a couple weeks. We'll invite you over. And uh, just kidding. Just kidding. Well, listen to this, friends. This is, this is so cool. John chapter 1, 12, 13, verses 12, 13 says this. Yet to all who did receive them, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. And then in Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 5, it says, But then the set time had fully come. God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. And finally, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, verse 18, it says, I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. You can become a part of God's family by being a Christ follower. It's, 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 it's beautiful. Okay, getting back to our verses here. So we've learned that the reason that the saints are equipped is for the purpose of them carrying out what? The work of the ministry. Uh, the work of the ministry is Jesus' design for the church. Um, it's to be carried out by the saints, you and me. And it happens, again, once again, we'll keep coming back to this, in the context of the church. See, the thing is, is the body of Christ, uh, since we are designed to carry out the work of the ministry, this is something that we have been appointed by God to do. It's like a divinely appointed uh, task for us to do. Uh, for those of us that are in the family of God, we get to do this. We get to be a part of building the body of Christ. We get to be a part of building the kingdom of God. 1 Peter 4.10 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So this, quote, work of the ministry, as um, I may have already stated, it's varied. And so not only are there things to do, but there's different ways, different gifts that God has given us, and we use those gifts, including... Um, you know, leadership, gifts of mercy, hospitality, gifts of, of teaching, evangelism, service. Uh, and it goes on and on. You name it. 1 Corinthians 12, 5 said, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. The late pastor John Stutt said this as he was comparing, uh, you know, what pastors do. And oftentimes, or what can happen in a church is that um, the pastor who leads it ends up doing a lot of things and takes too many things onto himself, doesn't allow uh, the body of Christ to work as it should. And so John Stott says this. He says, the New Testament concept of a pastor is not a person who jealously guards all ministry in his own hands and successively squashes all lay initiatives, but one who helps and encourages all of God's people to discover, develop, and exercise their gifts. His teaching and training is directed to this end to enable the people of God to be a servant people, ministering actively instead of monopolizing ministry. He is multiplying ministry. Yeah. Okay, so first we have equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. 
Then what happens when the saints do the work of the ministry? Let's look at our verse. It builds up the saints. Look at verse 12. Jesus gives pastor, teacher, etc., for the equipping of the saints for, first, the work of the ministry, and then secondly, for the building up of the saints, i.e. the body of Christ. Did you notice that's, that is saints to saints? Saints are equipped to do the work of the ministry, and the saints are equipped to build up the saints. So we're, we're equipped to build each other up. That is our job as a church, as the body of Christ. We are designed to minister to one another within the body of Christ. And then as Pastor Nick pointed out last week, this is where all the one another verses in the Bible take place in the context of the gathered church, the ecclesia. Why church? Because of this. So, to summarize this so far, and this is kind of the, the top notch, the pinnacle result of the, the, the previous two things that we just talked about. It looks like this. The pastor teachers teach and shepherd, and that equips the saints, which in turn empowers the saints in doing the work of the ministry, and then the result of that is what? That the body is built up. It's like spiritual construction happening within our lives. And that is what has been happening in my life and countless others in the church. And that again is why church, it only happens here. So what is the result of that? What is the goal here of Jesus? Well, in verse 13, he says this. Here they are until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And so we have um, four things here. And I want you to notice he uses the word until, okay, which tells us that Jesus has a goal here. It also tells us that it's a process. It's not instantaneous. So first, that we would all attain to the unity of the faith. You know, back in, in uh, verse 5 in this chapter, Paul tells us that there is just one faith. Secondly, it is the knowledge of the Son of God, meaning getting to know Jesus fully. It's a, a full, robust, experiential knowledge of him. Paul praying for the saints, uh, once again in, in Ephesians uh, chapter 1, 17 says this. He prays that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of Glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of him. And then in Ephesians chapter 3, Paul, praying again. Paul does a lot of praying in Ephesians. He's pressing in. He's moving towards chapter 4 here. He prays for their faith and that they would all be filled all with the fullness of God. And so we have the unity of faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, and the next spiritual maturity, and then fourthly, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, which in its simplest form or, you know, is conformity to the person of Jesus. So the next logical question, why all this, all these things, these four things here, there's a conclusion to this, right? Finally, why? Verse 14 so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. See, it stabilizes our, it, our, our faith. It gives us direction. When we are out there by ourselves, 
when we don't have anybody but ourselves to, to bounce uh, things off of, spiritual things, um, there is a danger. There's a danger of being tossed to and fro by the waves, carried about by winds of doctrine, by human cunning, by crafts and deceitful schemes. When we're in the body of, of Christ, when we have the opportunity to be in the body of Christ, when we're meeting in small groups, when we're being taught here in, in a function, when we're doing ministry work, we're rubbing shoulders with one another. We are learning from one another. And hopefully, when a brother or sister is kind of like veering off the path a little bit, we're able to say, hey, tell me what you're thinking there. What about this? Hey, let's, let's look at the word and see what that looks like here. And so this is a stabilizing, it's stabilizing uh, place in our, in our faith for us. And then all of this is designed to happen where? In the body of Christ, living together. So let's finish up here by looking at how it affects us. So this is kind of our application, if you will. So I want you just to ask yourselves this, how does this look in my life? See, Jesus set the table for us. He invites us into his family by adopting us into his family to sit at his table. This table is big. It's the body of Christ, the ecclesia, the called out ones, where there is a place for everyone and everyone has something to do. Everyone has a job. And he provides leadership to teach and equip us. And then he expects us to do the work of the ministry, to be a part of building each other up with the goal of attaining unity, spiritual maturity, conforming to, and conforming to the person of Jesus. And so for me, if I was to go back to my opening dialogue um, of this message here, this is what I have experienced and what I am experiencing. See, the church and I hope this is you, is very personal to me. Hopefully, family is very personal to you. You know, I, I love my life group. They, they are so cool. They love me warts and all, okay? They encourage me. They pray for me. They build me up. They teach me. And that only happens in the body of Christ, the gathered church. So why church? This is why church. And so my question is, do you want this in your life? Do you have this in your life? Are you experiencing this in your life? And do you need to up your game if that's not the case here? Now let me let, me, let, me let you in on something. One of the hinges as to, to why this works the reason why Aaron and I have experienced all of this in our lives, at least one of the very main reasons, is because we didn't just attend church. And we didn't just attend church every once in a while. We intentionally became a part of it. And this is what we did. And this made all the difference in the world for us, is that we engaged with it. And we serve the body of Christ. Once again, not as a pastor. I mean, yes, I do that now. But, but even way years and years prior to this. And in turn, we are being served by the body. That's why we, uh, we go to church. The only place we are able to do this and where we can get this. Um, and I realize when you come to church, there's a time where you can't 
you, you just, you don't have no strength left to engage. You have no strength left to, you are in such a hurting place and something's happened in your life. And so the church is a hospital too. It's a place to come in. And if the body, if we're doing this right, guys, if we're doing this right, we see that hurting person. And we see that they need to, be, to come alongside, prayed for, healed, and loved. But we're not always like that, are we? And so we have the opportunity to engage. So if I can encourage you, ask God to help you see your role in the body of Christ. Maybe you're okay there, okay? Maybe you're fine. But I want you to, is there anything else, Lord? What can I do? If you're not engaged, take some steps. Uh, talk with a pastor. Say, I want to serve. I want, I'm part of this family. I, got, I, need, I need to do something. I need to serve the body of Christ. I had somebody come to me a couple of months ago saying, I, I, want, to, I want to do something. I want to serve. I want to be a part of the body of Christ here. And, and, uh, and now they're leaving a Bible, leading a Bible study. And um, so I encourage you on the little box in the, the connect card, say, I want to talk to somebody about getting engaged with the church. I don't know what God has for me, but I'd love to talk to a pastor um, or something. Or um, getting uh, involved uh, in a life group. Mark on your connect card. I want to get involved in a life group. All right? Sign up to usher, to greet, uh, to get into a Bible study, to help with the worship ministry, to help with the, uh, all the, the AV audiovisual stuff, the tech stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Or just talk to a friend or your life group leader about ways of getting involved in the church. Finally, being a pastor, excuse me, <laughs> I'll get there. Finally, being a part of your local church, you know, sans COVID here, means being here consistently, attending. Because it is here where Jesus designed a process for us to grow in him, being a part of the body of Christ, not being separated. And verse after verse talks about um, being together as the body of Christ. So I want to encourage you. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with COVID. Obviously, you know, maybe, maybe we're back to just meeting online at some time. But when we have the opportunity and you feel safe and you're okay in that place, um, come together, meet, be together, go to your life group, even if it's Zoomed. Be a part of it. Amen? Okay. Let's take communion together. If you got your communion cup here, I'm going to, um, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11 here. You know, to make the building of the church happen, Jesus had to die. He had to conquer death. At least this is the way God and he set it up. He needed to be raised again and he needed to ascend into heaven because he said, I will, I will build my church. And when it, and it began to happen once he ascended to heaven and the Holy Spirit was sent. That's when he could call out his called out ones, the Ecclesia. And so let's remember that supreme act of love that in order 
for the church to be born, for the church to explode. It was because of the sacrifice of our sins uh, uh, that that happened. Praise God that Jesus rose from the dead, that he conquered death. So we take communion, we remember that. And it just so happens in our context this morning, it's remembering because of that, that the church is born. So 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Verse 23 says, For I received from the Lord that, or what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Go ahead and partake. Then it goes on. In the same way also, he took the cup after cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Amen. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for us and raising from the dead and conquering death and ascending into heaven. Thank you that you said that you would build your church Thank you for inviting us into this body called the church, your church. Thank you that you've given us gifts to engage uh, in our local body. Thank you that you give us the divine privilege of blessing others and being involved in other people's lives. Lord, I pray that you would speak to me and you'd speak to everyone here and that you'd speak to those online um, to just evaluate where they are in their relationship to the church and that they would be as excited as I am about the church and why we go to church and why the church exists. And Lord, I thank you for uh, anybody that has joined our family this morning uh, by becoming a Christ follower. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, why don't you stand? We'll just have a final, final blessing. And, um, you know, I'm really excited for the uh, next few messages where, where all this is going to go. And, um, yeah, yeah, I can't wait. But I think it's appropriate that we stay in Ephesians and... Uh, and we just have our, our, our praying apostle here. He says this in uh, chapter 3, verse 14. He says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, and go ahead and lift your hands, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, 
being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. God bless you guys. God bless you. Have a great day. We'll see you next week.